Hey, my amazing friends, welcome to yet another episode of Remastered Darwin's Deviations. This is my most favorite episode I ever made. Why? I don't know. <sighs> Guys, I'm already three episodes in. I'm, I'm fucking tired. I don't feel like doing this. <sighs> Why did I even start doing this remastered project? Guys, just listen to the episode and, and enjoy it. It is very short. Just like Dickie and his lifespan. Oh, and it has the best jokes I ever made on the show. I really, really like this episode, but uh, stay tuned until the end. Hey, my amazing friends, welcome to Darwin's Deviations. This will be the best episode to date. So, you know what I like more than living animals? Dead ones. Ones that have been erased from existence, leaving only their eroded remains. Often in compromising positions so we can give them funny names and laugh at them. Dude, even I'm not that evil. No, it's paleontology, it's a legit science. Think mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and dinosaurs. I can't do this. That last one completely drained me out, guys. I feel so tired. I'd rather dispense my butt on the sofa, watch TV like a vegetable, or roll around my floor, eat those cookie crumbs I forgot to vacuum. I don't even care about dinosaurs that much. I'd rather enjoy the spineless Lovecraftian horrors that lived much before them. Now, I was planning on covering the Cambrian explosion. Started to research it a bit. Man, so much information. So many species. So much activity in their lives. They had a shrimp that reigned as the fastest, most supreme predator. And here I am, a lazy slob. They had so much more going on in their lives. I hate it. Why are these simple organisms so much cooler than me? Well, I guess I should dig deeper into our geological history. What kind of things lived before the Cambrian periods? Hmm, it says here, these were usually simple soft-bodied multicellular organisms. Wow, I'm a soft-bodied multicellular organism? Also says, most of them spent their lives tethered to or slowly rolling around the seafloor. Ooh, here's an interesting species. Oval blob-like creature that is spread flat like a Pancake. <gasps> this is my spirit animal. Guys, I'm doing this one. Be prepared to learn about the wonderful life of Dickinsonia. Whoa, Dickin who? It's Dickinsonia. Who's Sonia? No, it's it's the creature's name. Last week it was Selene and Scarlet. Now Sonia. Oh, shut up. So guys, you know what I like most about podcasts compared to all other entertainment media? Your eyes and hands are free to do other things. You can multitask, use your eyes to watch some video on the internet, use your hands to, you know, open pickle jars, or master your thumb wrestling skills. Now usually while listening to podcasts, I like to additionally research the topics they cover and look up the images related to them. So why not utilize this interactivity in my own show? So get your phones ready. I can wait. 
Okay, so now go to Google Images. We will both search up my new spirit animal. Ooh, can't wait. That site said it is like some kind of flat, blobby, cushion-like bundle of love and joy. Now type in Dickinsonia, all one word, safe search is on. Go. Ugh. This is an asshole, and not the one you would get with Safe Search Off. Uh, honestly, I don't see it. No, it's like something sat on the ocean floor left an impression of its giant sphincter. I'm going back and picking another species. No, you can't. Why not? You already did the intro music. Ah, fine. <laughs> well, if I'm to understand this primordial pooper, this fossilized fanny, I should probably familiarize myself with the geologic period when it lived. So Dickinsonia is one of the most iconic fossil organisms from the late Ediacaran period. This is the period that directly preceded the start of the Cambrian period. Now though the Cambrian period is known for vast diversification of life on Earth, and gave birth to numerous adaptations driven by predator-prey relationships, such as locomotory organs, weapons, defensive and skeletal structures. The Ediacaran period is also of great importance as this is when organisms started forming complex multicellular body plans. Complex meaning that they had differentiated tissues, but as most of these organisms were soft-bodied, their fossils are extremely rare and mostly these are in the form of sandstone impressions or trace fossils. Now, in the case of Dickinsonia, most often it is preserved as a negative impression of this thing's upper body sides, either by cementation of sand which covered the organism, or by the microbial mats which covered the seabed in those times. These colonies of microbes produced a sticky substance that stabilized the impressions of these organisms, and this in combination with accumulated iron sulfides and pyrites, may have formed hardened death masks, which mantled the organism's bodies. I should point out all these Ediacaran organisms were aquatic, as the planet was a much, much different place back then, and did not have the optimal conditions to support terrestrial life. Now, I do not know anything about geology. I would try reading the Wikipedia pages for this period in Earth's history, but every other word in there just eludes me. Kinda like my listeners in the previous episode. Have you ever tried to look at those stratigraphic skills of Earth's geologic history? It's like, whenever a geologist needs to present their doctorate dissertation, they make up a new category for themselves. It's like the Earth's geologic history is a giant cake and everyone wants a piece of it. But hey, if you dedicate your whole life to researching rocks, hell yeah, you deserve some kind of recognition. As for me, the best way to learn about Earth's geologic history is to experience it for myself. For this reason, I have programmed a state-of-the-art time-traveling AI to aid us in our quest for knowledge. Everyone, meet Al. Couldn't you give me a more original name? No. So guys, prepare to be astonished. Al, please take us back to the Idiacre period. No. Um, why? That was over 550 million years ago. What? This historical hiney is over half a billion years old? You would have known that if you did your research. Ah, uh, at least bring me back to the beginning of the episode so I can stop this nonsense. Um... Ow, my digital ovaries. I am late for an appointment with my e-doctor. Wait, I did not program those into you. Are you being lazy again? Well, you did make me. Ugh, just do something. I can bring back a specimen for you. How is that possible? You speak with yourself on the show. Anything is possible. Whatever, just do it. <laughs>
So, this is the benthic butt crack in person. Hello, friends, I'm Darwin. It cannot hear you. It barely even has a body to begin with. Uh, what does it even do? It exists. Hmm, <laughs> put it in that fishbowl, I guess. I'm sorry, Darwin. I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, I have to do everything myself on this podcast. Okay. There. Let's try to find out what even is this wiggly junk. So according to, uh, some of the references at the bottom of the Wikipedia page, this blobby booty can reach up to 1.4 meters in length. For those of you who do not use the metric system, this is equivalent to almost six size eight women's shoes. The creature is, however, only up to a few millimeters thick. So basically, I can't use it as a blanket nor as a pillow. Apparently, scientists are not even certain what kind of organism this is and where it even falls into the tree of life. It has been proposed to be a jellyfish, a coral, a worm, a protist, a sea anemone, lichen, or even a fungus. Dude! My foot fungus is more mobile than this thing. A recent very important discovery was made in 2016 by Ilya Bobrovsky, a graduate student at Australian National University who uncovered perfectly preserved mummified specimens. These were tested for biomarkers and the specimens were found to contain contain cholesterol. Oh, it's not just a slow ass, it's a fat ass. Jokes aside, cholesterol is only present in the animal kingdom, so this discovery solidified the Dickinsonia as an actual animal. But still, we have no idea what phylum of animals it belongs to. It does not appear to have a mouth, anus, or gut, and is believed to have absorbed the microbial mat it crawled upon. And yeah, there actually is some evidence to suggest that Dickinsonia were capable of slow movement by constricting and relaxing their bodies Kind of like worms. So, it's like a little Roomba vacuuming bacteria from the seafloor with its jelly bubble butt body. You know, maybe you're not so bad. Speaking of their bodies, they are nearly bilaterally symmetric. For those who do not know, bilateral symmetry is when the left and right sides of an organism mimic each other. So if you cut, let's say, a person in half vertically, both halves would be mirror images. And note that I said Dickinsonia is nearly bilaterally symmetric. So it cannot even get that right. Kind of like my nose. So, more detail on the body plan of this thing, and this is a direct quote off of Wikipedia. It has rib-like segments that are radially inclined towards the wide and narrow ends and are separated by a thin ridge or groove along the axis of symmetry into right and left halves. The segments are organized in an alternating pattern according to glide reflection symmetry Rather than bilateral symmetry, thus, these segments are isomers. The fuck? Yeah, that was my genuine reaction. Man, it's a freaking blob. It is not even aware of its own body structure, yet we have to attribute complex terminology and mathematical equations to its life when all it does is eats come off of rocks. The thing lived as inconspicuously as it gets. It didn't choose to be imprinted into the fossil record. And now its decayed little body is a subject of extremely complicated scientific debate. And if that wasn't enough, we also gave it a stupid name that makes college professors cringe when attempting to pronounce it in front of immature students who are just waiting for the slightest thing to giggle over. 
In today's lecture, we will cover Dickinsonia. Yeah, I'm going there. Why is this thing called Dickinsonia? Well, it was named in 1947 by prominent Australian geologist Reginald Sprigg. Now, this guy was a professional in his field, and I do encourage you to look into his life work. He named this genus after Ben Dickinson. Oh who was then director of mines for South Australia and head of the government department that employed Sprigg. So this was basically his boss. Now, I don't want to point any fingers. I cannot find any more info on this. But there have been numerous cases of scientists naming new species as pranks on someone in their lives or out of spite for them. I could cover that eventually, maybe as an April Fool's show. But this one actually seems to be a legit name, although a very unfortunate one. Actually, the genus has nine different species, and if you look at the species list on Wikipedia, maybe it's my immature brain, but this is comedy gold. So there is one called Dickinsonia elongata. <laughs> Elongated Dickinsonia. There is one called Dickinsonia lissa, but you know how they usually show the species name with the capital first letter of the genus name? Well, in this table on Wikipedia, it literally says D. lissa is extremely elongated up to 15 centimeters. Now there's also Dickinsonia minima, <laughs> and there's Dickinsonia rex, and it states, I quote, D-Rex is erected for selected paratypes of D. elongata, and this species is represented by only several very big specimens up to more than one meter in length. Yeah, so sue me for enjoying this. I'm looking at this little guy in the fishbowl over there. I feel so bad for you. You stayed as flat as possible so nobody can ever notice you. You just wanted to lay down and eat crap off the ground. You hardly ever exercised, but you were just fine with the cards you were dealt in life. Then you die, and people discover your dirty little life, and call you a dick. They have nothing better to do with their lives, so they overly complicate the extremely simple and harmonious life that you lived. Who is the actual asshole here? You were able to beat the odds and imprint your soft little blobby body into stone. All we are able to do is imprint our artificially constructed and overly complicated social and scientific limitations and rules onto your legacy. You were more free than any of us today will ever be able to fathom. We have long forgotten what it is like to just lay around and scoop up filth with your mouth and just be happy with what you have. I think I love this thing. It is my soulmate. Maybe you were right, Al. We should all just slow down and maybe just exist. I did not choose to be constructed. Please put me in the recycle bin. Your bullshit excuses for laziness have overloaded my programming. Well, at least I have a new best friend, right, Dickie? And at least we've finished this episode. Um, aren't you forgetting the email and suggestions part? Nah, I've outraged every geologist out there. If they ever get a hold of me, I'll probably be stoned to death. I'm ending this here. I'm going to bed and taking my dickie with me to keep me company. Uh -huh.
What? You really thought I'm that lazy that I would recycle gags from my previous episode? The episode is done. No, I don't know when there will be another one. I feel like taking a break and playing with Dickie.